Welcome back to Dance Planning. We have a phenomenal episode for you this week. We are joined by Glenn Kitson. He's a cracker director, worked for some huge names. He's a guest judge on PAQ, and quite a lot of you will know him for his memes. We are chatting everything from his jacket collection, getting banned off Twitter, and why do drug dealers always have exotic fish tanks? So, if you enjoy this, obviously we have the bonus content as per usual. But for now, get stuck into this pod. Enjoy. You said you'd kick it off. I know, I was just smiling at you. <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah. So, Glenn, Danny, how do you two know each other? Um, I mean, we did that thing, didn't we, for um, that um, YouTube thing you used to do. Yep. Yeah. You were, uh, I, I was a judge on it. You were judge on the Ralph Lauren episode. Uh, Ralph Lauren, yeah, 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 it was, yeah. The that big was, boy. That was quite, was quite, I was quite impressed with the uh, level of um, production on that, actually. Are you going to say production and the direction? Because we are sat in the room with the director and the producer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not the, yeah, and the direction, yeah. It was very good. Yeah, yeah it was appreciate quite, that. It's quite impressive, you know. Um, yeah, no, what happened to that? What was, oh, like, I'm not always speaking. You'll make me cry. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, yeah, it, I can't really remember what happened. Obviously, COVID happened, so we couldn't film in stars. We've been doing it since I was 19, and the other boys were like rough similarly, at similar age. And then, obviously, we got a platform, but we weren't able to do what we wanted to do. Yeah. So uh, we just wanted to kind of call it a day there and be like, right, shake hands, and then go off and do our own things and maybe pick up in the future. Right, cool, yeah. And the reason we picked you as a judge is you were the guy, the Ralph, the outerwear content you know you were making films for brands you'd worked with ralph previously yeah i've done a lot of work with ralph yeah not with ralph for ralph yeah it was like an honor to work with polo you know what i mean yeah. it's like that was like when i was a kid that was the one you know it was and this was pre-memes as well pre-memes yeah i mean yeah. yeah i've always had like a pretty healthy following because you just bang on about jackets all the time <laughs> do you know what i mean and then and then and then in lockdown i kind of um I thought, you know what, no one wants to see work. They just want to see, like, memes. They just want to laugh. Everyone's sad. Yeah. So I just thought, I'll just start making memes. So, like, but they take ages. So, like, I was doing memes <laughs> on, on Keynote. I mean, I'm not good at Photoshop or anything, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I was, like, you know, on Keynote doing it. And then after a while, I just thought, oh, I can't be asked with that. You know what? Uh, I'll just do lookalikes because they're funny. And it's, yeah. like, really, like, base-level shit. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, you know. It must be easy. You just pull the photo and it's all in the caption. Exactly. You really That's all to... I mean, I, I make them on... I do them on the, on the tube or, or when I'm coming into town. Like, people go, oh, are you, are you worried you'll run out? I'm like, no, I've just got, I've got too many. I'm worried about <laughs> posting too much. That's what I'm worried yeah. about because, like, I've got, like, old... People that follow me, you know, like old followers, and yeah. I almost call them fans then. Fuck <laughs> you. Yeah. Now, I've got old followers, right? And they're like, oh, turn it in, mate. You know what I mean? It's a bit bit much in it. And I'm like, you're right, it is. Because I, I mean, I cringe every time I post one. Yeah. But I'm such a fucking show off, I can't help myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then I've got like, it, like loads of new followers that are like, Oh, I'm going through a tough time right now, and uh, your 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 memes really make, like brighten my day and help me get through. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna cry. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm a bit torn now, you know, because uh, I do I I don't want to post too much. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, then it just started taking off. I do think, Glenn, because I, I followed you for a long time. There, we always have to split Glenn into two sides. We do. We have like BC before COVID. Yeah, no, and then yeah, pre-COVID. Yeah. no. I always put funny stuff on before. I used to have a lot of followers on Twitter, right? I yeah. used to have like about ten thousand, and I'd like, fame, like Kathy Burke followed me and Bob Mortimer and all that because I, no I was quite funny on Twitter. And then I got banned for life. How come? Get on this right for bullying the EDL. <laughs> 
they all ganged up on me and got me booted <laughs> off for like bullying them. You know, like Tommy Robinson and all that, right? And like, you're like, they're always banging about free speech, aren't they? Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, they, I got lodged, you know, for a, <laughs> what, what was the straw that broke the camel's back for the EDL? Uh, I mean, I called, I used the C word quite a bit, but you know, like, so I, I, at the time they were getting rid of bullies on the, on Twitter, so yeah. like, they got rid of me, I'm like, oh mate, I'm like, I'm fighting the good fight here, you know what yeah. I mean, like, so I got, I got booted off that, and then, and then, so I always posted, like, funny shit on Insta as well as, like, nice photography, you know, and uh, work and stuff like that, <laughs> you know what I mean, and um, and then, and jacket stuff, and then, and then, yeah, I've COVID it, and I was just like, oh, you know, this is, no one wants to see work on nice photography. It's boring. Because there's, there's a million other photographers out there doing it, you yeah. know what I mean? And stuff like that. And, oh, post, I, I still put my work up. I still put films. Yeah, exactly. I still put films up and all that. It's just, it's recently, it's just gone right off. I, mean, I got interviewed by the Sunday Times last week. Did you? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> How come? I'm in the Brometer section next month. <laughs> what, what's not, what's not? Uh, Are going, you going up or going, down, I'm though? going up, mate, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> Going up, they, um, they went, they went, um, they, and they asked me similar questions like, "Where'd you get your ideas from?" I steal them. Right at the end, he went, um, "But what do you do?" I'm like, "I'm a director. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a director. I make like advert films and adverts and that." And um, and yeah, and yeah um, I got to tell him I've got a, I've got a feature in development with the BFI, so that made made me sound legit, you know, yeah. I mean, not just like a meme dickhead. You know well, it's because your Instagram's a perfect blend because obviously what you do as a director. You're a, a serious proper director. It's not as if you can bang content out and put three films a week. No, it's very yeah. much big projects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So otherwise, you'd have, well, I don't know what else you'd be posting if you didn't. Well, that's it. And the, the thing is, like, you know, a lot of directors, they're with production companies. I'm freelance, and um, you know, I, I get some work comes in direct, some some comes in from different production companies and stuff like that. And they'll tell them, them some of them directors, they sat on the roster for like doing nothing, waiting for a production company to send them a, a script through to treat on. And, like, yeah. and, like, and if they've not put any work out in four months, you've got to start again. Yeah. You've got to start again. And like me, I guess, with with the Instagram and that, I'm, I've always got a conversation going and I've always, yeah. you know, and the, I tell you what, right, the amount of like creatives following me, I mean, it's mad. Like, so like in London and New York and all in LA and all that, I've got loads of, Creatives following me, so I'm doing something. I mean, it's a strategy, but I, yeah. I've done it by accident. That's you know, it. Yeah. Stumbled upon like a yeah. little cheat code, yeah. making everyone, everyone know who you are. Kind yeah, of thing. everyone wants to laugh. You know what I mean? I guess it shows like personality and that. And if you don't like it, fuck off. What was the first one you posted? <laughs> what meme? Oh, mate, I've, I've been doing memes for time because what I used to do is do me like greatest hits from Twitter. Like, I screenshot them and put that on and then get some more likes because like I'm a fucking show off. Do you know what I mean? That's massive attention seeking bell end. I suppose let's jump back. How did we get to here then? So you, you're obviously Bolton. a northerner as well. Yes. Yeah, from Bolton. Jackets, outerwear, that kind of culture. That's always been part of you. Yeah, I mean, I've been into clothes since I was a kid. You know what I mean? Like. You know, and whether like I had the money to afford the things I wanted or not was a different matter. Do you know what I mean? But I mean, I, I've had a bit of a mad life. You know, in terms of it's been quite unconventional. You know, you grew up. You're a kid. You're growing up in in Bolton. Bolton's what like 12 miles from Manchester. 15 minutes on the train from Bolton. We, we can't call ourselves Manx because like <laughs> things are so territorial up there. You, yeah. you get a slap. Everyone down here thinks they are, but I'm not. <laughs> and like, and it, it said that in Bolton, people are just fucking punch me you know what yeah. I mean and um, 
Uh, and and Manx, in fact, think we're stupid. You know what I mean? They think we're like backwards, like Yonas, like from the hills. <laughs> you know, that's what they call us, Yonas. And um, but ever since I was a kid, I was going into Manchester. You know, I was getting the train. As soon as I was old enough, you know, I remember like my thirtieth birthday, getting thirty quid from my mum, and getting the train into into Manchester and going to Aflex Palace and buying a, like a tie dye hooded top because it was all like acid house back then yeah. and stuff like that. And um, I'm thinking that was shitloads of money and like worried I was going to get mugged and checking me yeah. thirty quid and in my back pocket and all that, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then going back in with your mates and that and uh, going shopping and, and stuff like that. What kind of brands were, were you buying then? You know, I, I come from a modest background. We didn't have a lot. My mum worked on a fruit and veg market in Bolton, you know what I mean? That's what she did. And so we didn't have a lot of money. So, I mean, it's not a sob story. She, you know, I was, I was well looked after. My dad left <laughs> home when I was like five. I didn't really know him. So she just brought me up. But she 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 was a mod in the sixties. Like she oh, yeah. she used to go to the Twisted Wheel in Manchester. Oh nice. She used to go to the Cavern every yeah. every week because my grand was a Scouser. We had a lot of Scouse fans, so she'd go back and forth with me Auntie Maureen to the to the Cavern to watch the Beatles. In fact, she had hundreds of signed uh, pictures of the Beatles. No right? way. And my granny said to her, she used to show, share a room with me Auntie Maureen. Yeah. My me, me granny was like, if you don't tidy your bedroom it's all getting lodged and they came home from school one day and she thrown she binned the lot and she still used to go on about it even until the, like the day before she died you know what yeah. I mean it's like uh, in fact my mum used to date you you know you know if you know Herman's Hermits yeah she used to like, like today yeah like something tells me into oh, something, something all, that, all yeah. that kind of stuff she used to date Pete Noon the singer no and me and Maureen went out with a drummer she used to do all the like soul clubs like Varv, there was a lot of Varvars in Bolton, Twisted Wheel in Manchester yeah. where Northern Soul started yeah. and um, do all that, you know what I mean? So she was always into fashion herself and clothes, she used to make her all these pictures of her like, in skirts she'd made and stuff yeah. like that. So that's, that, there's that lineage there of like understanding fashion and subcultures like, yeah, from your mum? Yeah, I'd ask her about it, you know, I mean, I, I, we'd talk about it and like she'd tell me about when the Twisted Wheel got raided and the boyfriend give her something to hold and shit, because <laughs> she wouldn't get searched. And yeah. Things. Yeah, yeah. No. I like I was I thought it was cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um and like she'd tell me about like soul dancing and, and stuff like that, you know, and uh, and I guess you know what? Growing up in them towns, you have to like um it is all about looking like more than what you've got. Yeah. It's all about how you look, you know what I mean? And, and what trainers you've got on and what jacket you're wearing and stuff like that. And you know, I mean I could never I could never afford Stone Island when I was a kid. Yeah. What, you know what were I you mean? wearing? Like round our way it was all out. I mean, people going about out, outdoors getting it. Oh, yeah, gop and outdoors fashion, <laughs> right? And Northerners are like, You fucking going on about? We've been wearing that for 30 years, you know, like, we yeah. have been wearing it for time, all Gore Tex and, and like obsessed with it. Yeah, when I was a kid, you know, I, we were all obsessed. Our favorite shop was a shop called Campcraft in Bolton, it was a camping shop, and that's where everyone would go. Or we'd go up to like the Lake District and where all the camping shops <clears> are. And buy like mad shit that you couldn't get campcraft and and stuff like that. I, m- I remember like I was like thirteen going for a pint at Ball's Head in Bolton, right? Which is a mad indie, it was a mad indie pub. Yeah. And um, seeing this guy, he was a mank actually, and he, he was you know he was like he must have been eighteen, a proper hacienda head. Yeah. And he had a pair of timber hiking boots on and a fishing like vest with with like fly fishing fly shit, <laughs> right? And like and I just thought you look the fucking bollocks. Yeah. Man. That is a look. And this is like nineteen ninety. I guess you wouldn't look at a place now, you know, with all this gorp shite that people bang on about. Yeah. So we, so that's the kind of stuff we, you know, we coveted Timberland and then, and then Rockport when Rockport was massive. Yeah. 
and then things like Burgos and Sprayway and you know back you know like Kerrymo was like Kerrymo was amazing and there was like all these other little um, northern outdoors like mountain equipment and things rab things like that that would all rock you know what I mean you'd wear it with um, you probably wear it with Vermax and things as well as well as like like walking boots you yeah. know what I mean there, there was like you know but it was a proper look man and and because it was acidized everyone had longer too like like center partings and and uh, and all the colors were all like very um, like the ready purple yeah like yeah. like really nice colors <clears throat> and greens and they shouldn't work together but they did you know what I mean and, and like and I tell you what like a mirror peak Burgos Burgos mirror peak that was like the Ferrari of jackets <laughs> you know what I mean that was because and, and the I think they were like two this is the this is the shame about brands isn't it they were like 250 quid then yeah. like 30 odd years ago and they're about the same price now and surely there's something wrong there it's mad their brands lose the value and, and devalue themselves well I was going to say there's brands that you mentioned there that when you talk about Gorp everyone goes like Arcteryx yeah. Stony, whatever but like yeah. Rab Caramore Burkas where I think people kind of look down on them a bit now uh, I don't no but yeah. like I'd, mean, ra- I'd rather wear that than after you know fashiony Gorp yeah. stuff you know what I mean because it's real you know it's like you got to remember when I was so when I was that age and when you're really young and all your older like st- brothers or cousins and stuff like that, all the older lads around your way. Earlier than that, they were all wearing like um, Tashini and Fila, yeah. and things like made in Italy. You know, it was all made in Italy and stuff. And, and like they were the um, like high-end fashion labels of our day. You know, what I mean, they they were so expensive. And was I there guess, many distributors in the UK at this point? I mean, I don't know, do I? I mean, I was, so I was like, hey, excuse me, how many distributors are there? But I mean, like, could you get it easily or was no, it one because, of those where you had to know you, someone? No, you had to go to the shop. Like, if you wanted a camping gear, you go to a camping shop. But it was the same with trainers when I was a kid. You know, there was a trainer shop. You yeah. go to where you got your shin pads from <laughs> or, or, or your cricket balls and stuff for, to buy trainers. You know what I mean? That, you know, and then, and then JD started and all that. And that's when, you know, you, there was a shop where you went for your trainers. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and, then, and then I guess, like, You'd start dressing up a bit more after that, you know. You start wanting to wear like, like Chippy was big. I mean, Chippy does not get the credit. It, it, I don't think I know Chippy. Mate, honestly, right? Chippy was next level. All the posh kids around my way, they all because they could all afford Chippy. They get they wear Chippy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, I remember there was some posh kids at our school, and they even had Chippy stationery, and I was like really, <laughs> really jealous. I think I bullied them. You know what I mean? Like, what, what, was what was Chippy? Chippy was like it's a French label. Uh, Chippy, and there was other French brands like Chevignon and C C seventeen, whatever C sixteen. That's the right wing. Um, no, was, was anyway, stuff like that. Twitter for those. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're going back into Tommy Robinson territory. Yeah. But um, and they were like, they were doing Americana. They were doing, they were doing basically like what Ralph does. Yeah. But with with a French spin on things, and the graphics, the 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 materials, the designs. Chippy was the one. How was it spelled? C H I P I E. Chippy. Oh right, okay. I was expecting yeah. what well, like like, chippy, like, 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 like a chippy, like a chippy, chippy tea. <laughs> <laughs> but no, chippy was amazing, man. It was like proper good. Chevignon was good too, but I pre- everyone, I preferred chippy. That that was yeah. Because Chevignon now you can still get it. And it's a bit shit. You know what I mean? And replay, replay was good. I, I remember when Diesel was good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Diesel like, I mean, there'll be people. This is the mad thing because it's all subjective. There'll be people that a few, few, I can hear voices in my head, right? Of the people that I look up to, that are a few years older, that be like, "Fuck off," you know what I mean? Yeah. Diesel, fuck off. But you know, everything's told through your own lens. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like, 
I, I, I've got mates that are a few years older. They were in Stone Island in nineteen, like in eighty six, in eighty seven, in nineteen ninety. Yeah, I couldn't afford that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just talking about everything from my perspective. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Diesel's really expensive now. Yeah, I know. Yeah. All right. Petrol right. too. There we go. Honestly, I'll tell the fucking jokes. All right. <laughs> go on, <then. laughs> so, what was your first job in fashion? Oh, mate. So, um, so I ended up getting my head together <laughs> when I was 26. I yeah. just turned 27 when I got sober, right? Yeah. And I mean, I went through, I went through like 10 years of after acid out. Well, I mean, I missed acid out. I was, it was rave when I was, you know, going out and then like yeah. jungle drum and bass and stuff. And then I got heavily involved in not clothes or music. And um, <laughs> and I got I, sweets, I, yeah, <laughs> eating stuff. Uh, and I, and I, I just I turned twenty seven in rehab, and um, I left. I got really into back, back, you know, into it again, into clothes and stuff. And um, Oiplow just opened in Manchester, and I, I kind of knew them. You know, yeah. I, I knew that Nigel, one of the co-owners. He had he used to he used to have a stall in Affleck when I was a kid, and he would sell things like. Uh, he sell Ralph then, and he would sell um, Nautica. Like, oh yeah, yeah, stuff like that. And it was banging, you know. what I mean, yeah. He said, he said, he, and like Henry Lloyd too, and Henry Lloyd oh, were yeah. really good. I mean, like I remember a time when you know you, you like all you know all the kids with money around us had Henry Lloyd jackets, and it got jagged, it got snide and jackled up, and like you know went a bit. But, yeah. um but at the time, you, you go to Especto and places like that. There was one in Manchester. Especto was such a good shop in Manchester. Early 90s, you know what I mean? Really, really banging shop. Like, you could get all your Timberlands and, and your own. But Nigel used to sell all that too. It opened about the same time I got sorted. So when I was going back to Manchester, you know, and, and back then, they couldn't get the brands either. They, they would Half the shop was all vintage. Oh. Old, old, old Sashini, Fila, loads of old like Adidas men in West Germany, all the old yeah. gear. And so I just got on, on one finding all that, you know what I mean? I, and, yeah. I, and, and I was trading it and I, you know, I was earning, I was all cash, it was all like cash yeah. in hand and stuff and I didn't have a proper job. And, you know, I was selling bits on eBay and, and like, this is pre-Twitter and pre-Instagram and it just loads of like, uh, message boards like uh, message forums, boards, and forums and like Crooked Tongues. I was on, uh, yeah. I was on that, I knew, I, I know so many people from, that forum, Crooked Tongue, who've now gone on to do amazing things, like like amazing stuff. Yeah. And then, but and then a lot of like football hooligan forums too. Like, <laughs> seriously, seriously, you know that that would yeah. like, you know, full of old bruises going on about um, like old brands and things like that. So you trade, you you'd sell, you trade stuff, and and, th and that's how it, that's how I got by for a few few years. Plus a lot of help from the government. <laughs> yeah, plus a, lot, plus a lot of help from the government. Oh, but I was going to like Berlin, doing all the flea markets, coming back like no made in West Germany stuff. I was going to like Amsterdam and Copenhagen. And, and was that all like Adidas then? You no, it was, I mean, what was finding? Was finding Adidas? Finding? Um, I, I remember I found this. Um, I was in Berlin, went into this vintage shop, whatever it was, and I and I never used to look at through the trackies that much because there were never that much resale money in them. Mm. But I remember looking, and this this was when like um, the business had just come out in the firm and all that, so everyone's you know in that wearing like fee, and feeler and, and stuff. And um, I looked up, and there was a little B, feeler B, BJ badge, and like they they were rare as fuck, man. I mean, they were expensive back in the day, but they was trading for a lot of money, and they were really hard to come by. Made in Italy, Velour, Fe, uh, Fila Satanta, so the Navy Velour, 
with like little like piping deeds white piping yeah. details right and i looked and i thought wow you know that's i went over to check the price and it said 250 25.0 and i thought oh, 250 euros and this was like when euros were like worked out about 120 quid or something i don't yeah. know so very cheap anyway yeah, yeah. And, and i'm not i knew one had just gone on ebay just sold for like a grand right so i took it to the car and went and it was large it was my size and all that which is also quite hard to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Them Italians are like tiny little buggers, aren't they? <laughs> and um, is that racist? Like, <laughs> xenophobic, whatever. I don't, they're in good shape. They're in good That's shape, saying, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're in good nick. And um, I, I took it to the car and I went, how much is that, mate? And he went, 25 euros. <laughs> and, my, and my missus said, she could see my knee, knees buckle. I went... Because everything went slow motion. I went, I'll have it. <laughs> put it on the car. I could see the like, dust particles in the air and all that. You know what I mean? And uh, I ended up, I kept it for about a year and I sold it for a grand. Bloody yeah, hell. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had a few, few nice touches like that, I find. And, then, and also, right, <laughs> German eBay, eBay.de. There were like thousands of like British hmm. hooligans typing in uh, Adidas with two Ds and like yeah. finding old Adidas that are worth hundreds for like three euros and stuff like that. And they had a few, I found some like Adidas Columbia uh, for three euros and then sold them for like 200 quid. You know, like, oh yeah, yeah. Magic. There's a few things that basically like helped you keep that sort of ticking over. Yeah, right? man, yeah. It was like that obsession and, and that was there, you know, really, I would just dive right in. And then a friend of mine who, he, he, worked, he works for Adidas, he said, um, you need to get educated. And I went to, um, I, did a, I did a degree in f uh, fashion. fashion. Oh. Well, it was, I went into fashion communication, but the first, uh, first half of the course was like a three-year degree. I had to do construction, like, yeah. like, f like making shit, like sewing machines and all that. Yeah. And there was me, two other lads that were both gay, and the rest were girls, right? Yeah. Quite, and everyone was quite posh, you know what I mean? And, I, and I'd, I'd, I'd try and overcompensate on the sewing machines in the morning. I'd be like... <laughs> Anyone watched the match last night? You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like trying to overcompensate because I'm working a sewing machine. You know what I mean? And, Who do you support? Bolton Wanderers. You're a Bolton Wanderers fan, yeah. Yeah, of course, man. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I mean, let's not talk about football. You know what bores me about football, right? I mean, I, I, I joke and say I don't like it. Right? I yeah. do really. Of course, I like yeah. football, right? But I've got mates that like bang on about it all the fucking time, yeah. right? And like, you're just like, mate, get a personality. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, don't, I don't define myself by, you know, like a group of lads come together, who's this bob bob, fucking shit. You're like, I know this shit. What are you fucking telling me that for? You know what I mean? I'm aware that my team's like not as good as it used to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm Could like, be worse, I'm like, an Oldham fan. Yeah, you're a what? <laughs> Oldham fan. Are you, how come you're Oldham? You're from Yorkshire. It's uh, my dad's side. It's always been. I follow Leeds and all. Is he a Lancashire lad? No, my dad's. I think my granddad lived in, Man in Manchester or Oldham for a bit. It's just always been there. Been well, listen, I mean, I don't like, I'm not one of them like, oh, you from Oldham, you're a fucking shite. Because, you know, it's. It's you know it's it's just a way of dividing us. <laughs> exactly. Danny, you know what I mean. We are not but, but like, what, so what bugs me is like you get in a taxi, and they'll be like, you like your accent. Oh, you you just bought. You, you always think oh, I'm a United fan or City or whatever. And then you just think I can't be asked for getting this taxi ride talking about football. Like I, I feel like saying, have you watched any good films recently? Yeah. What are you watching on Netflix? You know why do we define ourselves by who we support? So, you were. Shifting stuff on eBay. Yeah, then I went to uni, and um, I, so I turned up, they went, have you got any GCSEs? I went, yeah, I've got all of them, F's, B's, A's, <laughs> got all the GC5E's, and all that. 
and then yeah, I started um, I started um, union. I did I did, and then the second half of it was fashion. I, I went. I, I'm going to do the fashion communication because I was sick of fucking sewing my hands together. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like const constantly like coming back like just blood all over my fingers and shit <laughs> so i did that so and then that was there, was there was a styling element to it and, and also like creative director element to that too you know and and that's when i said i thought you know i've always been into magazines and so i mean mates mates back home big collection under your bed yeah yeah <laughs> let's not go there Daniel. Daniel, all right Actually, I'm not into porn, me. I, like, it bores me. Like, why would, why do I want to watch other people shagging? Like, I want to be shagging. You know what I mean? Why you get into porn, you're watch, a director. I don't want to watch like other people enjoying themselves. You know what I mean? I want to be the one enjoying it. So like, I've never really got porn. You know, when I was a kid, before I was shagging, and I find one in a bush, like, a magazine, I'd be like, oh yeah, this is cool, man. But when you're old and you, you know, you've got access, you're like, why do, I, why do I want to watch other people, I mean, you know, doing it, when I want to do it? Do you know what I mean? I mean, that logic makes sense. Like, yeah. I, I don't understand it. Like, yeah. you know, I've never really got porn on that level. Anyway, yeah, I was into magazines. I loved the face. I loved it growing up. What's your thoughts on the face now? It's different. There you go. Yeah, cool. it's different. Yeah. Tell you what, claim to fame. You know, I'm from Driffield, a small town. Richard Benson's yeah, you, from Driffield. You said it a few times, but no, Danny. You from, where are you from again? Driffield. Is it? Oh, cool, mate. Nice. It's uh, Driffield, East Yorkshire. Who, right, who's right. from there? Richard Benson. Who's that? So Richard was the head of the face. He's the editor. He basically started the face. Mm. Sure. First time round. All right. Yeah. So he was good mates with me dad's mate. They were in a band together and that. What was the panel talk with? What was the band uh, called? Oh, God, I can't remember now. Yeah. Um, we did a panel talk with Puma, and then at the end of it, this bloke was so fascinating. Chatted to her, and straight away he comes up to me and says, Where are you from? I said, I'm from Yorkshire. Whereabouts? From said, Yorkshire. Yorkshire. I'm from Yorkshire. <laughs> if it's not from Yorkshire, it's shite. <laughs> and then, yeah, he came up to me and said, I'm from Driffield. And he said, uh -huh. Turns out I knew my dad. My dad had a copy of his book and stuff like that. It was, yeah, just really bizarre thinking the face, lads from Drift. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you get a lot of northerners down here in the creative industry. You do, man. You do. You do, mate. You got any advertising, all the best ones are Northerners. Yeah, they yeah. kind of get, not shunned, but it's, it's obviously very London dominant. I mean, it's, it's kind of different now. I think like, there's, there's a lot more middle class people. I mean, there always has been, but mm. all the great ones that I look up to, all tend to come, come I'm not just saying it, but that's just from my experience. And yeah. maybe I single them out because like, I identify with them, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, gravitate towards yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so, so, so you were reading The Face? Face, ID, and then there was mags like Sky, and also the music press too, like Enemy was banging back then, Mixed Mag. The fashion and the fashion and the face and ID back then was, you know, you had stylists like Greg Fay and, and people like that, who actually went on to be a director himself. Elaine Constantine, I mean, she's my favourite photographer of all time. Yeah. She is fucking amazing. She's from Berry. Like I mean, yeah. or Burry, as we say, <laughs> tried sounding posh then. But yeah, you know, and, and like, <clears throat> actually, she went to direct. Uh, she 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 had a film in the pipeline for years, Northern Soul, and um, she went. She made that a few years back. It's a great film. So um, so yeah, I was I was like, and even in my dark times when I was um, not not so much into fashion, uh, you know, I still like rob a couple of the issues of the face now and then and try and keep current. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, so yeah, I loved it, and, and like I'd always like heart back to that and. So I was at Union and I thought, I'll start a magazine up. Luckily, I had, I did have friends, I did have, I did have help, you know what I mean? Yeah. A fr friend that I went to school with and secondary school with. 
um, he was a photographer and he was doing really well. He was he was just moving from Manchester to um, New York. He's a guy called Anthony Crook. He's an amazing photographer. He, he's also a director too. And Andy Bird, who was actually I was <coughs> with, with him in Cannes this week. He lives in New York as well now. Fuck knows why I'm still stuck in Crystal Palace. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but he um, and Andy was a, he's he'd already been in advertising for years. He was one of the guys that I'd met just from trading Stone Island and things like that on, yeah. online and stuff. And he he's one of them cats that like he, he was wearing it you know back in the eighties. Still his hair, still looked the bollocks, still starting to become a big fat hooligan. You know what I mean? <laughs> And still look great, you know. He's an amazing art director, like a, like a mega, mega good art director. In fact, he's like, um, he won't like me saying this because he's really humble too, but his head's like like a massive advertising group yeah. in, in New York now. And um, so, yeah, I had a bit of help, right? Yeah. And, and they helped me put, you know, we, we started Rig Out together. But we called the magazine The Rig Out. And initially, we did it with Oi Polloi. We did it with um, Steve and Nigel Opal. They, they wanted a print project. And so the first few issues were with them, you know, um, product from their shop. And then, yeah, that's, that's, so we did that. And then, so I left, I got, I got my degree. And I was, then I left and I was doing like bits of retail work. You know, I was working in Soho, doing, you know, working at a um, little Adidas shop. Mm. I was doing, then I started doing a little, little bits of PR, which I fucking hated. Like, How come? I don't like people. <laughs> you know what I mean? In PR, you've got to talk to people and you've got to be like smiley and happy. Yeah. And, and, and the problem is with fashion, there's a lot of dickheads in it. You know what I mean? And like, you've got to like, oh no, man, I didn't, I did not enjoy that. There's a, I did it for a couple of years and I, I didn't, I did not enjoy it. And, uh, but I had bills to pay and yeah. it's things like that. So, uh, you know, I had to do it and, and it was good and I learned a lot. I yeah. learned a lot, but it wasn't what I wanted to be doing. But I was getting styling work too, you know what I mean? I was yeah. doing a lot of styling work. And we were still doing a mag and I was doing, I was started styling for adverts and started styling, doing jobs with um, Ewan Spencer, another great photographer. Me and Ewan did, did quite a bit together for, for, for a little period. And yeah, and it's just started building from there really, you know, and, and the magazine I guess gave, it got a lot of press and back then they were like, this is like 10, 11 years back, there was things like, Hype Beast were very nice to me, High Snobite were very nice. Um, uh, there was selectism back then. They, they re, you know, did a lot with selectism, and yeah, it gave me a platform, give me a voice, yeah. you know, basically. And it, you know, and I, I, I was doing a lot of trade shows, going to Pitsy twice a year, going to France, going to New York. I had this thing, I had this magazine that I could give to brands and chat, you know, chat yeah. it up, and like then work started coming in off the back of it, like commercial work and that. And, and by then, the Canon 5D had come out. You know, oh, stills yeah. camera, yeah. and I remember Anthony turning around and saying, "Oh, you, we we can shoot films on this too. You can, you know, you can shoot moving images as well." I was like, "Oh, let's make a film then," and we did. We started making films for each magazine we did, no way. and then like brands would be like, "Oh, you, like Levi's and people like they'd be like, "Oh, you make films?" We're like, "Yeah, we make films now," and they'd be like, "We make as a film," <laughs> and it, we caught it like really early wave of content. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's how that started. And then Anthony got he got signed by um, RSA Films, Ridley Scott. Yeah. And some such amazing production company. They they wanted to sign me, and I was I was having chats with them, and I was like, I'm not a director. I don't know how to direct. I don't, you know, I yeah. wasn't even taking stills then because you know since then I've done a lot of photography. Yeah, I was just styling. And then RSA got wind that um, some such was speaking to me. And they were like, come in, come in with us. You know, we want you to do what you do in Riga, but with us. Yeah. So almost like an internal creative director, like bringing in small jobs, working on the creative with the junior directors. And like 
jobs for Nike, small budgets, things like yeah. that. And, and, I, and I learned that side of things while I was there. I was there for like three years, just learning everything. And, and then after a while, some of the producers and, and some of the directors they were really encouraging, they were like, the older ones, like people like Greg Fay, who I mentioned who was at the face, he was like a god to me. He was like, you should be directing. Why aren't you directing? Why aren't you doing this? And I was like, I don't know if I'm fucking yeah. wet lenses and that. You know what I mean? And they went, no, you just get a good producer in and they'll they'll tell you how to do it. Yeah. And I was like, all right then, I will Let's do it. And then I kept going, uh, I bring a, get a job in and I'd be like, I want to do this one. And then after a few, they were like, look, you can stay where you are or you can go fuck off and learn how to direct. And and that's what I did. I, I left and and that's how I, I started that side of were things. Were you still doing the magazine during this whole Yeah, period? and it was... Ha doing print is the hardest thing in the world and anyone involved in it res mad respect to it I've got mates um, Mark from Proper Mag he's been doing it for years Dan Sanderson does Mundial I'm like man because it's hard and especially if you're getting commercial work in as well it's so hard to do back then there was like three or four of us doing rig out and we would get commercial jobs in they, were, they had their own personal work and, and we gave the rig out away for free we didn't like we couldn't be bothered like chasing money yeah. up. So we really, it was just a calling card. In the end, we had to sort of like, it just drifted off, basically. Yeah. Just drift. I mean, it, I'd still do it again. I'd still do, I love print. I'd love to work with the old team again and, you know what I mean, do some... Get the band back together. Get the band back together and that, yeah. You, the way you've, you've always said, like a lot of people gave you a lot of support. Oh, mate, yeah. people... I want to say that as well, right? Because, you know, I have had lots of, lots of help. But I was going to I was actually going to say, the way I came to know you is actually the other way. You right. putting on a lot of younger people, uh, like uh, sort of like Dan Emerson, Molly Mills, all these people when they were like you know nineteen working at the rig out and stuff like that. You've you've helped a lot of people who are doing insane stuff now. I mean, thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, but like, there's a flip side to that because like, you know, I've got I'm I'm no spring chicken. You got to bring people through, but also they're helping you as well because I don't know what's current and I don't know what's going on. You know, Dan Emerson like used to be a producer at Rigo, you know what I mean? And like, he, um, I'd be like, okay, what's the latest slang, Dan? Because like, I don't have a fucking clue. You know what I mean? Like, what's, you know, what are the kids, what's done with the kids? You know what I mean? Like, what's going on? And like, and, um, and, and mate, he's amazing. You know what, he, he's one of the best directors I know, like, because he's, he's so, his enthusiasm, his uh, energy, you know what I mean? He's, he's mega, you know? And that's the other thing, right? It's like, big your mates up. Yeah. Big your mates up. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of snides out there that are like, oh, he's doing that. You know what I mean? But it's really important to back your friends, man, and back your peer group too. You know, because like, if anything, it's a reflection on how well you're doing, how well they're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you surround yourself with people like that, you know, then you, you're doing all right, you know. Yeah, I'm going to start true. crying in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this would be funnier, this podcast. <laughs> I'll be honest That's with you. you mate. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> fucking hell, man. I'm really enjoying yeah, it. It's yeah, fascinating. Yeah. I was like, I had all these, like, fucking jokes. I was going to give it Danny for, like, three, like two hours, but... Go on, then. So, obviously, going about the past, what would be the funniest trend or the most embarrassing trend or outfit you've worn or been a part of? Right, listen to this. Right, I remember Rave Era, right? I can't remember going to Back to Basics in Leeds, yeah, and it was quite, quite dressy-uppy. You yeah. know what I mean? It was quite so like there'd be people in like Gaultier and things like that. And you know, and um I had a pair, right? And it was quite like I mean I shouldn't I had longer and I had these Rupert the Burr kind of check trousers on. <laughs> right. <laughs> Listen to this, yeah. Right. Rupert the Burr check trousers. 
right? Kind of like dark tartan, tartan trousers, basically. These sort of like um, these fucking shoes I should not never have been wearing. Like, I'd ne- you know, like biker. Oh, fuck, I'm really digging an hole for myself here. <laughs> and this sort of like white flouncy shirt as well. You know what I mean? Like white flouncy shirt. I thought I looked bollocks, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was at this party, the afters, you know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone was fucking smashed to bits, right? And I, uh, my mate wouldn't give, oh, I'm going to tell you a story. My mate wouldn't get, lend me some drugs, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, my mate wouldn't lend, lend me some drugs, yeah? And uh, so I ended up nicking him, right? And he went fucking bananas. And he, unfortunately, it was his house and I was staying there, <laughs> right? So he booted me out, right? So it's like six in the morning on this council estate in Bolton. It's particularly rough called Breakmit, right? And um, and the local dealer, I mean, he was this fucking maniac. And um, I thought, oh, am I going to become friends? Like, am I going to get back in the good books with him? And I'm, complete, I'm like this. I'm fucking <laughs> wide-eyed to fuck. I've got an idea. I, went, I go to, we, got, we call it the Top House. That was the name of the house where he used to sell his drugs from. It's one of them houses, like, you'd go and it was all, um, what, what, what is it with dealers and exotic fish? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like it was like something like, and this is on the council estate in Bolton, but one wall of his his council house, right, was just like a massive like fish tank with neons and like rare fish in it. What the fuck's all that about? Anyway, I went and knocked on at six in the morning, where, and I had to. I mean, a few of them were still up. To be fair, yeah. right. Uh, but but by this time he got into different drugs. Yeah, uh, that that didn't accommodate for rare fish, and the fish tank was gone. And there were a lot of people, you know what I mean? He, he, you know, and he opened the door, his afro was out here, and he just went, what the fuck are you wearing? I'm <laughs> <laughs> there looking like Rupert the Bird on ecstasy, you know what I mean? And that was pretty embarrassing. So I bought some more drugs and I went back to the party and I went, there you go, dickhead, like that, and we were mates again. <laughs> Do you remember any of the brands that... I don't what know. What were these shoes? You kind of brushed over. They were, them. they were like some chunky, weird Paul Smith efforts. Like they were, I think they were Paul, I think I was going through like a try, trying to be like, I don't know how you describe it back then. But there was there was a little early nineties like dressy uppy phase when you went out that didn't last long for me because I did feel a bit. It's of not a like knob. full pompadour, but that kind not of. Full, what the fuck's a pompadour? It's some sort of dog. <laughs> One of them tiny little fucking dickheads. It's one of the rare dogs dealers of nowadays. You know what I mean? <laughs> Pompadour. Pompadour. It's like the um, like new romantic. No man, this was like, like really like bad rave fashion. Right. Not yeah. like um, rave as in when you go in sports wearing shorts and have white yeah. gloves. And this is like the opposite when you try and dress up and like. And to be honest, I was more really the going to raves in shorts type of guy. So yeah. I didn't really feel that you know comfortable with. But you know what I mean? Look, like you know, I never wore leather kecks or like that. Yet, yet it was all you know. All, I mean, I do like the old uh, West Coast Californian style vibes. You know what I mean? Yeah, why not? So almost the future. No, not the future. The present. 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 Have you ever met Peter Kay? Yeah, once when I was fucked out my head, and he um, was just um, well. Basically, he was out, he was having a night out with his missus just before he was like mega famous, but everyone knew who he was in Bolt. Just just before Phoenix night, so he wasn't like mega famous, but we everyone knew him Bolt. Yeah. And he was um, he was having a quiet drink with his missus, and I was fucking leathered with all my mates, <laughs> and I was like, oh, all my mates were like, oh, it's Peter Kay. 
So we all went over and was like, Myvering. Do you know what Myvering? Do you say Myvering where you come from? Yeah. All right, so it's a like northwest word. It means like badgering, but it can also mean fighting. Like oh, right. you can say, was there any was there any Myver last night? Yeah. Or, or like, did you get much Myver? Yeah. And um, but so we all Myvered him basically. Going, Go on then, say something funny. You did care. So like, yeah. Like... yeah, and he was just like, oh, for fuck's sake, <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? He's having a quiet one with his wife. Poor lad. Poor lad. Yeah. So you've gone off on your own to become a, an official director. Aye. So this, was this formal training then? This is the official formal training for what? directing? No, there's not. I mean, like, I think normal directors got do it normally. They go to film school and like... But that's what I mean. So did you yeah. go to film no, school? No, 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 no. Yeah, well, my understanding was you did... Uh, so you just directed by accident. Well, no, I learnt, I learnt the ropes when I was at like RSA Films. So you're out making stuff. At yeah. what point did you go... Did that imposter syndrome disappear and you go, oh shit, I'm actually a director? It's never gone. Like every day still? Every day, man. I, I, you know what, right? I wish I was cooler about it. I just feel super privileged that I get to do what I do. Yeah. You know what I mean? I massively like pinch myself. I wish I could be cool about it and like be one of these guys who went to a public school. They went through all, you know, they, they, they had like, you know, friends in film and whatever and they, they went through like that. They've known the whole I, life. I, yeah, exactly. They, they were going to do this and stuff like that. I just think, fuck me, this is amazing. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, my God, I get to make films. You know what I mean? I get to make this, can I get you, to be creative. Can you name drop a couple of uh, brands that you've worked with? Nike, Adidas, um, Ralph Lauren. PAQ. PAQ, <laughs> uh, exactly. Done a lot, man. Who's been your favourite? Brand. Just, well, project as a whole. I mean, I did some cool shit when I was styling. You know what I mean? I, went, I got flown to Chile. Uh, to do a um, style and advert in the Andes for Timberland. You know, this was 10 years back. First class he sent me. And I wish I'd have stayed awake to, just to like eat all the food. Because the first time I'd ever flown first class. And um, I just, I wish I could have appreciated at the time. Yeah. I should have like, took, like soaked it in. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I ended up um, on this mountain in the Andes. Um, I was out there for like two weeks shooting with a uh, guy called Greg Williams who's he's like a huge like Hollywood photographer now yeah. yeah yeah he's massive man he shot me at Flannels he was directing it and he was like flying us about in helicopters and stuff like that yeah and in fact we had to go up the mountain in these little buggies like dead low to the ground and like the locals had to drive us up we mean Greg was in the back and it was almost vertical, to get, and they could flip, but if they flipped, it was all right, because they could drive, you know, like, go, yeah. you know what I mean? They wouldn't die. They were like in like a, like a cage kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, like a June buggy. Like, like that, yeah, it was yeah. mad. And um, and I was getting altitude sickness. I was like running for like my clips and stuff, because I was tired, and getting out of breath and all that. The local team were like laughing at me, because I was like <laughs> dying, you know what I mean, on the side of this, top of this mountain. Um, and like looking down onto like condors, and oh, we, were, yeah. we were above them, you know what I mean? And stuff like yeah. stuff, I did mad shit like that, man. You know, and um, uh, but yeah, directing, just just getting opportunities to travel, and I've done stuff for Beams in Japan. That was cool. Sick. You know, I worked for all the people that I, I were. You know, what I mean? is there yeah. one that's missing though? No, is, is it, you, you've you ticked everyone off. I've ticked everyone off. I don't know who else to. You know, what I mean, I, I mean, I guess I do less fashion now. I do yeah. a lot less fashion. I, I do more ad stuff. You know what I mean? For, for like, I've just come off the back of a lot of work for um, Expedia. Like, oh. like with, with um, but football. I do a lot of football at the moment. I love football. You know, I love doing football jobs, but I'd like to do more fashion again. I, I want to do more performance stuff, working with actors to scripts and things like that. 
you know what I mean? That's that's the next step for me is doing stuff. More like narrative. That. Narrative, yeah. Narrative, com- like funny stuff, not comedy, but yeah. funny, witty stuff. Actually, that's sort of. I suppose that's a good way to talk about. You made your own little animated series. No. No. What was, what was the? Um, you released it during lockdown. I was like. Oh, I did like something with Sean Ryder. Yeah. And I did. Oh, that was sick. Yeah, I did something with Sean, and then um, we we had, I love animation. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Fun in it, you know. Like, I get to make cartoons, man. And then I did did a little spoof of Mr. Ben called yeah. Mr. Bex. Yeah. I was taking the piss out of like pe- people like me, basically. <laughs> I mean, I mean, when I do them jokes and I'll do them memes, I'm taking the piss out of myself because yeah. I'm the one that is into Jack. I'm the one that collects. You know, I don't collect it. I just have a lot. of buy loads of trainers. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, it's not like when I'm doing that stuff, I'm having to dig it myself because it's funny. I mean, this is like. It sh- you should be able to have a laugh at yourself and not yeah, take yourself to... I mean, we get to dick about dressing up and f- making shit. It's like not like um, cancer research, is it? You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> we, we, you know, we, we're fanning around doing daft shit. Yeah. So, like, let's have a laugh about it, you know what I mean? What's been the job that you've been most proud of? Like, when you look back thinking, that's my best work? Oh, Nike, tell us never, we're Liverpool. Nice. Yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah, I love that. I love you got that. brought on that project quite late, wasn't it? Quite quite a late job to do. It's quick turnaround. I mean, every job's late. <laughs> every job's late. You got you want the treatment next week, and then you're shooting it the week after. All right, fucking hell. You know what I mean? But um, so no, it's not. I've had shorter. Um, but like, the reception to that from the Scouse community then was. Well, I mean, the thing is, right? Things with Scousers. If you get anything wrong, if you make a Scousers cringe, you're fucked. You know what I mean? If you get it wrong, any any bit of nuance or detail incorrect, you're fucked. They'll, they won't. You ruin the job. You ruin the brand. You ruin the project. You know what I mean? You're out of there. You know what I mean? Because and they'll sense it. Like, you can always go to Everton. Well, there's no. The thing is, there's no like community. There's no other community like Liverpool in this country. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's completely unique. No, no matter how much Manx like to think they're special. They're not, you know what I mean? In fact, if anything, I, I way prefer, prefer Scousers more than Manchester. Manchester's the better city. The city's banging. The yeah. nightlife, the food, the shopping, the record, the DJs, it tips up every like Every other year, it tips up one of the best DJs in the world. But Scousers are people way better. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, they're, just, they're just fun and like, it's more of a sense of community and, and, um, and, un- and unique culture. You know what yeah. I mean? And like, so if you, if you get that wrong, if you're an outsider, coming in and getting that wrong, then you just get laughed at, you know what I mean? So you've got to get it right. Was there a lot of insight from that community then? So, like, well, yeah, of course there is. And you, course, you can't just come in and go, I know what you lot are about, <laughs> you know what I mean? But what I will say is that, that the agency that brought me in, was none of them knew. I mean, they showed me the scripts and was like, oh, you can't say that, fucking hell. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't be getting them to say this or that. And, and, and like, so they brought me in for me. I mean, I lived there in the 90s. And yeah, and my granny, obviously, my granny was a coach yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. So we had, we had, we had, you know, a connection there. So they, I guess they brought me in as well to sense check it for that. And then the football stuff. And then the wit, because like, you know, even though, like I say, I want to go, go more into it, I feel like I've always got, I've always done witty stuff in my work. You know what I mean? I've always done that. You know what I mean? Whether that's in fashion or football stuff I do or advertising, you know what I mean? Is there anything rogue you'd like to shoot or film? Like, Oh, loads of stuff. I mean, shit loads, mate. What, what would be your, not roguest, but what kind of stuff? Obviously, you've tried animation and then... No, I mean I still, I mean I, st- I still do animate like, like a lot of the jobs that are coming out, like stuff for Expedia, had loads of animation in it as well. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I, I, like, I come up with ideas all the time. I, I have got something in the pipeline that I don't want to talk about it on here. Yeah. But it is fucking mental, right? And it's off the back of where the Instagram's gone. Oh, well, I was yeah. about to ask, at what point do you stop being a director and start becoming an influencer? Which <laughs> point does that happen? Oh, fuck off, John. <laughs> I'm not even going to answer that. That's the thing, like, I don't want to... I never, you know, I didn't choose this life, man. <laughs> Has no one hit you up trying to get you paid, like, a little paid Instagram deal yet? No, they fuck me. Really? No, I don't know if you could do that. I mean, I mean, people go, why don't you get a blue tick? And I'm like, fuck that. Like, try hard, innit? You know what I mean? Like, I look like a right dick. You know, I mean, you know, I'm not, a, uh, I'm not famous, you know what I mean? It's like mad. I mean, it does work. You get it overnight. Like... I don't want one. <laughs> Unless, I mean, unless they're going for free and you ain't got to do much, then yeah. No, I don't want a blue. I mean, it's just like all my mates are just laugh at me. I don't want a blue tick. <laughs> you know, I mean, they already think I'm a dick. You know what I mean? Like the bigger the account that grows, the more they take the piss out of you, basically. Yeah, of course, man. I, I was in Manchester at a rave last year, an all day rave. It was DJ RV. It was the first time we played in, in Manchester for for ten years or something. My mate Luke put it on. You know, he's an old mate of mine. Like he's got to his club night called the Electric Chair back in the day. Luke Unabomber, he's, he's a bit, you should get him on, uh, in yeah. on this, yeah. And um, I, got, I kept getting fucking stopped every five minutes and I'm with normal mates from back home and they were like, what the fuck have you been up to? Like, <laughs> like, they're not on Instagram and all that. They're like, what, what, what's, what's going on? People asking me for my photograph and all that. I'm like, oh, don't ask. You know what I mean? Because every time I post one, I do feel like a knob. You know yeah. what I mean? So, uh, do you take the photos into the fans? Oh, mate. Do you turn them down? No, I don't turn like them it? down because that's even worse, isn't it? <laughs> I don't call them fans either. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. Followers. Disciples. Oh, mate. But yeah, I kept getting. I mean, I've been stopped a few times in different cities and that. And it, I, it just makes me cringe my head off. Oh, it's horrible. Back to clothes. Yeah, go on. What brands do you enjoy at the moment? Um, do you buy clothes? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you buy often? I do, yeah. I do. Are you I online buy... or in store? If if I can do it in store, I will do. But yeah, I buy I buy online as well. What do I like right now? I love Studio Nicholson. Yeah, I think yeah. Fucking great what Nick's doing. I think that stuff's great. I, I love the silhouettes and all. Oh god, it's like a right. Dick. No, no. It's... <laughs> oh my god. I like I like their clothes. <laughs> the club is nice. The club is well nice. <laughs> Banging. Yeah. Oh, right to catch myself then. <laughs> what a knobhead. <laughs> I like the silhouettes, yes, and the cut of the uh, fabrics are uh, next level. <laughs> so, anyone else you got? Um, engineered garments has always been a staple. I've known, yeah. I've done a lot of work with them. When Rigat was starting, engineered really backed us. We used to do loads of engineered. In fact, say we used to back us back then. Engineered garments, uh, CP company, Stone Island, they, they all put money into Rigat when we first started. Um, yeah, we, we were really looked after, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, you know, but yeah, engineering is something that I always go back to. Yeah. Double RL, I love, yeah. I love Double RL, like, that's my favourite of all Ralph's brands. I tell you what, I love Remy Relief, it's like a little Japanese brand. I buy a lot of that. It's like very, no branding. Yeah. Hate, hate logos, you know what I mean? Hate all that. I usually take D badge my Stone Island and that. <laughs> uh, trainers, hawkers, fucking. Yeah. I, I, honestly, right, I, I'd never looked at them like years back, but Engineer did a collab and that Angelo and Daiki, they sent me a pair, yeah. put them on, and like, my fucking knees, I can walk again. Brilliant, You know what I mean? Yeah. I had a pair to do three peaks and it's yeah, first time yeah, yeah. So, so like, that's when a collab works because, like, usually I think, you know what I fucking hate? Yeah. 
trendy shit. Like you know, like like you know, like when people jump on brands yeah. and they bang on about it. I stopped wearing them. Stop wearing them. Give us some examples. Give us some hot takes. What what brand has died because it's the popular? I don't want you because I've got mates to work from. Right. Okay. I'll, tell, I'll tell you something now. Right. I don't like walking past shops with queues, right? Because I don't want people in that queue thinking I'm about to join the queue, <laughs> right? That's what I'm like. So if I see it, so if, I'm, you know, if I'm anywhere near a shop with a queue, I think, fuck that, I'm not going near it. I yeah. don't want to be seen near the queue in case someone <laughs> sees me near the queue thinking I'm going to get in the queue. You know what I mean? Because it's like hype. The, pre, the pre-queue is yeah, what scares you. Yeah, I just you. hate hype shit. You know what I mean? It just, I don't like collabs. Like I really, I mean, the engineer one, that worked for me. Yeah. I get sent some New Balance bits. I love New Balance, like, and uh, they, they sent me the Joan stuff. Joan, Justin, and yeah. I've known Justin when he was just a, like a blog back in the when day. When he was a one Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not that old, but yeah, I've known him a little while. But yeah, I don't, I don't like hype shit. No. I'm not into it, man. I'm not into collab. I'm not into people thinking I'm buying it because it's hype. It's fucking horrible. So, if you're going to walk into a store, yeah. what would make you tick? Like, what do you look for in a garment? I don't know, man. I, I like. I wear a lot of the same. I've got like, probably got thirty jackets that look like this. Caught made out of cord, or suede, or whatever. You know what I mean? I, I like stuff like that. Like very, yeah. I'm a very. I, I kind of got me look, and I just like work, buy the same shit that fits it. Like I like white kecks, like sort of cord jackets and things like that. You know what I mean? So when you're saying you still buy stuff online as well, yeah. So how often would you say you buy clothes? It depends, man. It depends on like what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. If I'm doing all right, then yeah, I'll I'll, I'll buy a bit. If I'm not, you know, or, or if something comes out that like I bought the, the ghost piece, the stony piece this season. I'm not bought, bought a lot of Stone Island recently, but this season they did that little like white um, zip thing. Like, yeah. I don't know if it's a jacket. It's more like like a track tracky top almost. I yeah. bought I bought that because I loved it. You know. Yeah. Uh, Nanamika, I love that. Yeah. I buy a lot of that. I, you know. So when you came in earlier and Danny's got his stony patch still on his jacket, what's your, what's your thoughts on that? <laughs> hey, I've not, I'm not, I don't judge. You know what I mean? You do what you want. I don't care. You know, I, I don't judge anyone wearing a patch, but I just sometimes I just want to be a bit understated. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it depends on what I'm doing. I'll take it off. But if most of the time, I just keep it on it. it no, just you know, on you'll there. probably like the ghost piece. I will I keep the patch on it because it's like you can't. So it's all everything's white on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or if it's a vintage piece, I might keep the patch on because it's a green edge patch yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and it's a vintage piece. But um, oh, I called it piece then. What a fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been to the archive? Yeah. Yeah. yeah How was yeah, that? Yeah. It was great. I met Carlo Rivetti and that. Um, it's great. Yeah, it's, it's banging. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that for the rig out? This was years back. Yeah, yeah. We did a, we did a thing with them out in um, Reverino where, it's, where they're all based and that. Yeah. And that's when before they sold CP off as well. I mean, I won't even look at CP now. Really? No, man. No, no. It's that's not the brand for me anymore. I quite like CP. No, lenses on your fucking sweat shirt. Fuck that. Sweat shirt. I like the. Jacket it's stuff. like they're making stuff for fourteen-year-olds. It's just not. It's not the stuff that. It doesn't. It's the brand that I. You know. And yeah. I'm not saying I was wearing it years ago. I wasn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wasn't. I'm not. I don't want to make out. Oh, I was wearing CP when I was thirteen. But um, you look at the stuff from back then and compare it to now. There's, there's no lineage. Yeah. But you look at Stone Island still, and it still has a lineage. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen after Montclair's bought it. Everyone's worried. But there's still a lineage from... from. I mean, my favourite... Probably one of my favourite brands of all time is Marina. Stone Island Marina. Uh, yeah. Stone Island Marina. Like, yeah. absolutely banging. Love yeah. it. You know what I mean? And I love... Every so often they'll bring a bit out, and it is in keeping with how it used to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So I like CP for the jackets when they go a bit wild with them. Like the CP uh, barber jacket was great. It's gimmicks. I don't know. I've always still been quite fascinated by the weird ones, like because I've got the green equivalent like of the Stone Island Sweetie jacket, like the Sweetie wrapper. Yeah. So stuff like that's cool. Dig all that, but then I don't really care. It seems for... desperate for me when brands are collabing all like that all the time and doing loads of shit. It just feels desperate. I thought this one worked though, because it's based just a CP silhouette and like a wax. What I can say is, is there any? Because I, I I totally agree, and I think you agree as well. But like, is there any? collabs you've seen recently that you like apart from the hocker EGs is there anything you've been like yeah that really yeah worked? the Joan ones Joan um, New Balance ones I like them yeah his Reeboks um, are always great as well yeah they are as, yeah they are um, Reebok are from Bolton are they? Yeah, from Bolton yeah started in Bolton mm. hey you know something right trainers were invented in Bolton Foster's running pump 1888 right first ever running shoe yeah and the Foster's family went on to create Reebok I thought it was Brooks was the no, first. No, oh. fucking do your research. <laughs> <laughs> I, did my, I did my own research on this. Like. And that's why I brought you on so we don't have to ask. Exactly. <laughs> so how big is your wardrobe? And when you get sick of pieces, what do you do with oh, them? Mate, my, oh, mate, my wardrobe is bulging. It's, it's, imba- it's embarrassing. And um, I, in the past, I've had like lockups. To put, really? Yeah. <laughs> to put stuff in, yeah. I mean, I've sold a lot. On. One point, I had like six vintage goggle jackets. Like... 10 Burgos bubble jackets from the 80s. I had the um, um, Stone Island smock, the, 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 the ice smock from 86. Nice. I had, I've had shitloads of stuff. Uh, you know, the, uh, the, the camo ice jackets and all that. I mean, I've got, I could do a whole podcast, right, on the fucking stupid stuff football hooligans have done to get vintage pieces, right? I remember, I remember when TK Maxx, about 15 years mm-hmm. ago, Take it, the way they operate, they snap up all, they snap up stock from like whatever, they, bid, they auction it and they buy it. Yeah. And they bought a crate from Milan, a couple of crates, and they were filled with Osti pieces, all dead stock, right? All Marine, um, Stone Island Marina, Stone Island, CP Company, and Bonneville and all that. Maestrom. Oh, mate. Don't, would, <laughs> don't even mention that fucking... <laughs> don't even mention that brand on this podcast. You know, I've got a story about him. I, he, he sued me. He sued me because I had a spoof um, Twitter account <laughs> called something about menswear and I'd run it with a few friends. I'm not going to mention them because uh, I don't want to get them in trouble. <laughs> but we used to pretend we were Massimo Ossi's ghost. <laughs> 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 and we slag, um, we slag Maestrom off to death, right? <laughs> and he fucking sued us and I had to pay legal fees, of, you know, quite a bit of money. I had to contribute to a friend's legal fees for it as well. And, uh, yeah, yeah, and he was. He sent some. I was working at the studio back at the Brunswick Centre, hmm. and he sent sent some heavies round to threaten me. And uh, I said, "Fuck off!" Like, oh, I, you know, I, I turned the Bolton up to like fifty. You know what I mean? <laughs> you fucking what, you dick? I'm not some fucking fashion knobhead. You know what I mean? Like, you know, from fucking Bolton. And um, and they were like, they were a bit sucker back because they were just a couple of Essex dickheads. Sorry, where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Hackney. All right, just checking. All right. <laughs> And um, and no, I don't mean to be offended. I'm from Driffield. I don't know if you caught that. Where are you from, Danny? Uh, Driffield. <laughs> I was just checking. Yeah, there is. Um, and um, and then they yeah, then they then they wrote us a letter that we had to respond to and had to pay like legal. Bloody hell! Yeah. No, yeah. Anyway, you don't mind a little beef, do you? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what do you call it? The uh, my miffle? bit of miver. A bit, a bit of miver. Yeah. Yeah. We. Well, I mean, you got to have an opinion, haven't you? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. uh, you, I mean, just as much as like, it's a reflection on you. You. Your pay is doing well. It's also a reflection on you who your enemies are. 
Yeah. So, so who's, your, who's your enemy then? Oh, mate, don't go into that one. <laughs> That's a different podcast. We'll start off World War Three again. <laughs> so it's uh, Putin. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, I almost got. I tell you what, I almost got cancelled for a Putin meme I did right at the start of the war. Really, Putin, your foot in. And a few like you know, a few of them. Oh God, thank you. He's quite good at the old shit puns, isn't he? A few of them lads, you know, that were short woolly hats dead tight they're like sort of like oh my god he's done this meme you know what i mean it's tried, yeah. tried like fucking making a noise about it so i said look you know they were i used to respect glenn kitson they were like oh putting, they were like screen grabbing it and putting it on the stories and all that why? And I was like, mate, if you respect him, you just DM me and said you're offended by it. I was going to say, why down. did they respect you? You know, I know, why did they respect I have no fucking idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm like, i got to say, the timing was probably a bit off. <laughs> right? But it wasn't even him. I just said it, I just put an Alan Shearer up there and said it was... Like, anyway. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, I removed that one. Um, but yeah, in hindsight, the timing was pretty odd. if I did it if I'd have done it the week before I wanted the thought it'd be yeah. funny if I'd have done it now people think it was funny but I'm not putting it back up after all no. they started all that anyway but um, they did try and like start something but it didn't really catch fire does yeah. it get much do you get much backlash then yeah, I've had a few things right actually because it's quite um, you know like social media there's no room for um, nuance especially like it's a bit of a minefield and I've got to be careful too because I'm not you know I'm, I'm pretty right on even though I'm a northern, you know, I'm pretty like, you know. I'm, so yeah, I have to be careful and I have to be mindful too. I know I, I want to be considerate to people's feelings and all that. And, and uh, you know what? I can come up with some dark shit, man. You know what I mean? And like, I, I try and be really mindful of that because you know I don't want to like offend people. I, yeah. I, I, you know, I want to be an ally. You know what I mean? So, but essentially as well, you know. So so I, I've been called out for you know not posting pictures of black people. I've been called out for that. You know, I mean, people say, oh, from your account, it would, you would think that there, there was no other people in the world than white people. And I'm like, but in the past, when I've done it, I've been called out for that. So, yeah. I, so you know, I have to be kind of like mindful of this sort of stuff. Do you know what I mean? But obviously you aren't, just a meme page as well. You still got a life that you need to. I mean, yeah, and I don't want to be a fucking meme page anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm literally, I'm doing it against my will. You know what I mean? Like, I'm being, I'm held hostage by my own success. <laughs> You know, so like, um, you know, I'm, and I'm not doing it. It's not a performative thing because, like, I'll fucking give it the Tories, man. I'll give it like, I'll put my opinions out there. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and also, you know, I, oh, no, I'm gonna sound like smashy and nicey now, but I do, I do stuff that people don't see as well. You know, yeah. You know, you know, I recently did um, the Kick It Out campaign. You know, yeah, tackles um, discrimination in football. Yeah. You know, so you know, so like when that goes out, I've got a responsibility to, to, to put me you know put my money where my mouth is yeah. that sort of stuff you know what I mean so yeah I want to you know I, I, I want to do the right thing I'm going to yeah. start crying again <laughs> you're making me emotional okay so not not the individual but like sorry not the, the sort of general public has anyone famous ever got offended by like the characters I don't know because they, they, um, they've not they've but I didn't know if anyone would be like hey I find this oh, I've got a job coming up right if I win it I'm going to be working with a few people that I've done. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fuck. I hope oh, they've God. not seen them. You know what I mean? Like, cause like, because I know they get shared. And fuck. Sorry. What did you run beforehand? You had another... You were behind a page before, weren't you? Yeah, the Patch account. Which one was it? Stone Island Patch. Stone Island Patch, Patch yeah. of the day, yeah. Patch of the day. Yeah, 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 yeah. that. But also... Um, 
the official Paul Dannon. That's not me. It's not you, but that you. That weren't me. No, no. Um, they followed me for a bit, but then, you know, they fucked me up with a fucking... I thought you were mates with the person who I met, well. yeah, I, I know a few of them. I'm not met, I know a few yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've always had... Was it all you meme creators are like? Yeah, 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 you're yeah, in a big like, group chat, yeah? Yeah, but not really... Well, yeah, kind of, yeah. A little bit. <laughs> you yeah, fat Tony, fucking, Dan. I mean, I know fat Tony, so I'm mates with him. Like, I love, I love Tony, man. He's fucking ace. Yeah. Yeah. Tony's coming on at some point as well. He should do, yeah. He, yeah. He'll probably fucking slag me off, but. <laughs> he won't be like, I don't know the guy. What the fuck's that? <laughs> but yeah, that completely escaped me. I forgot he's from Stan Allen Patch. I was like, I knew this fucking. Yeah, no, I did that. I got bored. History. I, I just got bored of that one. But it was, was Do you quite... still run it? Like, do you still. Yeah, yeah, it's still there. Every now and then, if I want to cause some trouble, I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. Fuck's sake. I want to cause some miver. So it'll sell some miver, exactly. Yeah. So, Glenn Kitson. You're at home, you've got your tropical fish tank, yeah. <laughs> full of your exotic fish. Yeah. It spills on your laptop while you're making memes. Your laptop catches fire. Oh, this is a stupid question. Thank you very much. Yeah. House on fire, you can save one item of clothing, what would it be and why? I don't think it's... I, I wouldn't save clothing, I'd save some books I've got that are rare, or I'd save some record It's final. theoretical. Basically, right, what's okay. your most fucking but piece? I don't know, man. Fucking hell. I don't really have... I, that I don't think that I'd save. I, I, I don't, it's not that important. It really isn't important, honestly. You have an opportunity to get one thing. I just let the fucking lot burn. I'm sick of <laughs> Start it. Start fresh. Start again, man. Just burn yeah. the fucking lot. Fuck it. <laughs> get insurance out. Seriously, I, 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 it's a burden. You know what I mean? I'm carrying, it's like fucking carrying a rock up an hill trying to fucking <laughs> deal with the fucking jackets I've got. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fuck the lot of it. It, I start again, you know what I mean? Final, yeah. what record are you taking then? What's going on, Marvin Gaye? Best record of all time. Um, but then next week you might ask me, it'll be Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. Or Kay Left Chill Out. Or, I don't know, Nazi Matic. I don't know, fucking hell, man. It, shit. That's Fine, a, it's all burning, everything's yeah. burning. <laughs> the fucking lot. Yeah, start again. Start, I'll, I'll just start a new life and, <laughs> under a new name and, and a new fucking Instagram account. Burn the Instagram account. Digital, wipe me fucking digital off. Do it, do it a lot. I'll just, I'll, I'll just fucking move somewhere and live in a cave. Take us on nicely. So everything's burnt down. Yeah. What's next for Glenn Gibson? I tell you what's next is film and TV, like making films and 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 um, I love, I love making adverts, but essentially, you know, all I'm doing is selling stuff for multinational companies. Yeah. So would you like to do like your own Which, show? Well, I want to start yeah. with the film. When I, when I got booted off in uh, Twitter. All the energy I was putting into it, I wrote, I finished my first film script, you know what I mean? So Brilliant. I wrote a feature. That's now in development with BFI. Um, Fantastic. There's some sniffing around by Film 4. So it's still, still ages. Making films is a long time. And when you're super fucking like, ADHD'd up like me, it's very hard to sort of keep the momentum and all that. But yeah, it's good. People like it. They like the script. They like the characters I've made. They like the world I've created. And, and it's got people that are interested. So Can you give us a teaser of what it's about? I'm guessing it'll be fashion based. It's scabbies up north wearing Gore-Tex on mushrooms. <laughs> is it? Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> Fucking damn right. What else am I going to write about? <laughs> it seems like every stage of your career, like, you're not, not, not prepared, but like, it, there's a, it's a really nice thing for young people who are listening to take away. It's like, just go do it. Just yeah. put your hand, try and do it. Yeah, we're all winging it. Yeah. Every fucker's winging it. And those it. that don't, you're the biggest cunts <clears throat> I've met in this industry, in fashion, in advertising. The, the, the ones that, that aren't nice to people are, are the ones that have no talent and they, they are scared of 
anyone finding out, and that's why they've got to be a twat to everybody. They, they're scared of being found out for, for not having any ideas or, or or having any creativity. Do you know what I mean? And like, every, I, I, don't, I can only speak for myself, but like, I, I have ideas and, I, and then I go, right, I'm going to do that. You know what I mean? I've, there's no strategy, there's no plan, there's no game plan. You just move on and keep keep it moving. I'm the complete opposite, where I know I don't have any ideas yeah. or any talent, <laughs> so I'm super nice to yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. You're trying to fucking double bluffers, isn't it? Exactly. You know I mean? Yeah, I like it. But it is, we're, we're on about this, we've said it in previous pods as well. Um, when people say about imposter syndrome, pretty much everyone in this industry has imposter syndrome. And I think when people go in there being knobheads and really stepping on people to get where they want to get to, it never works out. Mm. You'd rather hire someone who's a pleasure to be around, who's eager to learn, yeah. than someone who's got all the credentials and is a knobhead. Definitely. And, and, yeah, and admit, you're right, it's about admitting that you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, not too loud. But learning it, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, the best way of learning anything is by doing it on the job. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's learning as you go. And like the thing is as well with, with with that is is like the hustle and all that kind of stuff is like if if, if you're good enough then it's like hustling is fine as long as you're good enough. I've made so many mistakes, but mistakes are alright if you're prepared to learn from them. Yeah, you that you honestly don't learn anything from a job done well. Like yeah. we've found that out. Like when we fucked up, it's actually as long as it doesn't destroy something. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like the the night thing with night tellers never and like. I've got to say the reason, one of the reasons why that was so good was the creatives on it were fucking amazing. They just come off the back of Nothing Meets a Londoner. They were the same. Oh, person. nice, yeah. Right, and like they, they were Tom and Tom at Widen, and like, and I learned so much from them. I got found out so many times on that job. You know, I got found out <laughs> time after time. You know, but I learned from it. You know what I mean? I kept learning, and what I learned then informs what I do in my next job, and yeah. then what I learned on that job informs that. And I, you can only improve. That's you know, it. I mean, if you're not improving, then there's something fucking wrong, really. Exactly. You know? Yeah. You can take a bit of a step back. You know, you you're, as a director, you're growing. You're doing much more sort of commercial work. Going, I suppose, eventually into like TVCs and stuff like that. I've been doing TVCs for oh, really? a couple of years, man. Yeah. And then you're fucking noticed. <laughs> no, I just I just go for the memes. <laughs> you get lost amongst the memes. What well, about this conversation once about you? Like, why are my videos not performing? And I was like, you need to do it on the reel. You need to post it on reels for I it don't to get anything. Reels, they're boring. <laughs> I don't get it. I, I don't, I'm an old man and I don't get reels or TikTok or whatever the fuck it is. I mean, all these podcast cut downs are going to be on reels. Oh, are they? We could be your first reel. Sweet. Perfect. I've done one. I did one with Danny Alves. We could be your second. We well, was copying um, the Peter Kev. Have it. Yeah. 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 And I had to show Alves. He went, ah, see, see, let's do this. <laughs> All right, that was a mad moment, like showing, um, explaining, like Peter Kerr to, to Danny Alves. It's quite, <laughs> quite, quite a moment, I've got to say. Who's yeah. the most famous person you shot? Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. I mean, I, I wasn't shooting him, I was styling him for a music video, and I had to, I had to like look after him for a bit, and and um, he was filming all around Shoreditch and all that. Yeah. Bloody hell. Yeah. Nice guy. Lovely guy. Ab- yeah, absolutely charming. Have guy. you found most celebrities that you've worked with have actually been quite nice uh yeah definitely it's f- there's a few football dickheads that, have w- that, w- that weren't that, that weren't that nice well who's the best who's been the nice who would you love to shoot football at oh my god again? like danny alves uh, all day mate he, <laughs> yeah. he was so lovely um oh, anthony joshua man I that's swear, your boy i swear to god right he's exactly how you think he's going to be and he's not a front he's not a fr- he's genuinely i've seen him up at his gym up at finchley and like kids wait, working, and like the manager will say, you've only got three hours with him, he'll stay for six, 
all that kind of stuff. And, and like kids outside waiting for his autograph, he'll get him in the ring, he'll be sparring. <laughs> he's like, he's like, out of school then. You know what I mean? Like, just like, my God, this guy is like, he's got, cool time, he's got time for everybody. Love you know what that. I mean? Like genuinely decent geezer. Yeah. And that's Under Armour you've been doing with him? Yeah, I did, I did two Under Armour at TVCs with him. All right. <laughs> yeah, all right. TVCs, TV commercial. Uh, yeah. And then I did, um, but my first job with him was a really small job for Destiny, the video game. Oh, yeah. And we shot him in this like warehouse in in a basement. It was like a sex dungeon. It was horrible. And we had the heavyweight champion in the world, right? No security. There's a fucking stream running through the, the basement, right? He, like, he surely doesn't need security. He's the heavyweight champion. I mean, in the world. Yeah, you'd, you'd be surprised, mate. You know what I mean? And um, and we um, we had these mad lasers and all that. I was like, just, just don't get it in your eyes, Anthony. Just like whatever you do, you know what I mean? And we had like we had to insure him for like millions yeah. it was mad and then we I did, had to do the voiceover in the chimney of it we padded it out so there's me and like Anthony Joshua in this <laughs> chimney because it was really like quite a place in the old thing and I, I could feel his breath on my face you know what I mean like and that talk was on the top of my head you know and um, that, that was kind of a weird moment like you know what I mean yeah that was a bit odd that but and bonded since then basically yeah yeah of course man I've been up at his house like we did some stuff up at his house and you know, like in his kitchen, means you know, like you're in Anthony Joshua's kitchen, like, oh, he uses fairy liquid, nice. <laughs> I use that. <laughs> We've got so much in common. Fuck's sake. Are we going to see some more like old school rig out esque content from you? Yeah, sure, man. I mean, I think you know what rig out informed what the work I do now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it informs all that. It, first, it gave me a platform, and but the work we did on it. Like the DNA is still in the stuff that I'm making now, for sh- definitely, like without a doubt, you know. In my head, I'm thinking of like, you know, out in LA, just on a point and shoot. Yeah. Like that's kind of like, I think, where we probably first encountered something like the regard. Yeah, I mean, I shot all that myself, um, the Umbro thing. Yeah, it must be the Umbro thing, yeah. actually, yeah. I shot all that on point and shoot, different, a range of different point and shoots. One was a half frame 35, and uh, Olympus, you know, obviously Olympus Muir, and there, there was a, I think there was a like a little like a mini thing. And I, I shot it all on um, expired film, like all of it, like old film, man. Like Intentionally? Intentionally, yeah. And it just gave it this cinematic, everything was, cin- and, but the casting on, on that was next level, you know, there were local Venice lads, you know what I mean? And, and some were gang affiliated, some weren't. And in fact, we had a big red van, right? That we were shooting, that we were using to, to get a boat production vehicle. And we had to, uh, and, and back then, like, I mean, Venice has still got a bit of an edge, but it's not like it was. I mean, now it's like just full of like white women buying candles, you know what I mean? But back then, you know, there was still like, kind of like a bit of a, you know, vibe. And Oakwood, that part of Venice has always had a gang history. Yeah, and we were shooting something in the park in Oakwood, and one of the lads had to ring ahead to say, "Look, listen, we're coming in the red van. It's always don't worry." Yeah, you know what I mean? Because like the week before, you know, one of the gang members got shot and all that. So that was that was eye opening. You know yeah, I mean? no, no, okay, so but yeah, yeah. So it's always in, always been in the DNA of of it. You know, and I think I think that like is authenticity, genuine love of culture, like street, like British, especially. I mean, mate, oh, like, look at the memes. It's really British. Yeah. It's like the best memes are like when you get an EastEnders or Coronet, someone from Corrie, and you said it's someone like an A-lister. And they're the ones that go off, right? Yeah. And National like, treasures. And, but this super British, like, kind yeah. of, like, humour. And it always amazes me that I'm getting American followers, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, 
Because like, they must be like, hey, what the fuck's this guy, man? <laughs> or whatever they speak like over there. So, and I think as well, bringing it back round to Rigo, it, it was always very like a British thing, you know what I mean? Like British fashion, British streetwear, Brit, you know, all that kind of British style, basically. Yeah. Whatever, better and word. I, I suppose as well. So it's like with like with the rig out and the content you were shooting, instead of it being like someone working at a fashion house and having to learn everything, you're shooting what you enjoy and what you find cool. And I yeah, think that's exactly. where the love, it, it shows through. Yeah. So I think that's why it works so well. Yeah, so exactly, that's, that's it. There's a, there's a genuine authenticity there. And there's an authenticity because we, we come from being into stuff. I'm not going to say I come from culture, but I come, I've definitely, you know, I've done the raving, I've done the whatever, you know what I mean? And like... So appreciation. Yeah, so so it comes from a place of authenticity. You know, and, and then and then the, the third thing with it is, you know, for me and my work, I've definitely found a tone of voice. Yes. You know I mean, and that's what I try and do in it. All my work, like when I get a script through, I'm like, how can I put my tone Glenify of voice in? it. Yeah, exactly. How can I... Uh, glenerize it, you know glenerize. what I mean? Glenify is better. I mean, there's something like glamorize and glenerize. Glen whatever, yeah. Kind of works. How can I do it? You know, how can I put that sort of like spin on things? And that's yeah. what I'm always trying to do. How can you glen the rules? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. But like, like the Nike thing at the end, you know, where um, the old lady says, Nike, it's Nike. That was my line. That was my line. One of the lines in the script that I wrote for that for, for that job. You know what I mean? So I'm always looking to put them little bits of flair in, yeah. that, you know, that I can offer. Where you say something in your local tone of voice, it's colloquial. Colloquial, yeah, colloquial, yeah. It's like colloquial yeah, yeah, language, yeah. like it works because yeah. it puts on but, that spin. I, but I will say that any like young directors, any young whatevers, I got I got amazing advice early on, right? I got told you and Spencer told me find out what it is you want to do and just keep doing it. Like find what is the thing you like doing. What are you about? Mm -hmm. Just keep doing that. I've, I've always held by that you know so like if it's a job that comes in that I'm like this isn't really me how can I make it me how can I make yeah. it something I'm about you know what I mean and if I can't maybe I shouldn't be doing it yeah that job you know you get approached to do stuff more like web 3.0 so whether that will be like TikToks, whether that will be like the metaverse is are these sort of ending up on your desk now I don't know what any of that you just said. <laughs> <laughs> it's like with the digital world, obviously, people are starting to represent themselves online more and we're saying we're going to be living in the metaverse and it's kind of shite. I'm not living in the metaverse. But have you ever done like, seen an approach of like NFTs? No. Yeah, someone said, someone, I've had people that are older than me trying to tell me about NFTs that obviously don't know what the fuck they're on about, mm. trying to explain it to me. It always seems like some dodgy like thing, like yeah. oh Fire yeah, Festival. we've got NFT. We're going to do an <laughs> NFT with um, the Spanish La Liga, and we want to do you know there's this this cryptocurrency sponsoring it. Like some bullshit. I'm just like I don't understand any of what <laughs> you just said. Like, I'm like I don't. I just want to make stuff, mate. This sounds way beyond what my like level of thinking. Yeah, you know what I mean. So look, I'm open. I'm not skeptical. Never say never. No, I am sceptical. Sorry, yeah. I am sceptical, but I need to find an open mind. Or else I'll get left behind. But it doesn't float me boat. When I wake up in the morning, I think, oh, I can't wait to do something with NFTs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't excite me. You know, I guess I'm, I, I'm like more traditional. I'm more, I'm an analog guy in the digital yeah. world. But if you were to represent yourself online, your your person in the the digital world, you could have one outfit. What would it be? Well, like them things you got on a Wii back Pretty in the Pretty much, day. yeah. I mean, I just put myself in jeans in the top. I don't... <laughs> Very Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like... So you get, you're going to go, like, what, like a nice, like, engineered garment, like, jacket? 
Uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't, I, I don't understand the question whatsoever. What's, your, <laughs> what's your dream outfit right now? I'm I... wearing it. <laughs> I, I, I go like this. <laughs> White trousers. Yeah, card jacket, t-shirt, and some hockers. So like an EG jacket you're gonna be wearing. Yeah, it's but a disastrous. I look like a ransom note. <laughs> Fucking hell, man! It's like you gotta put this stuff together. You can't wear all your favourite stuff. That's mental. Well, you know, like either an outfit. It doesn't even have to be yours. Could be anything that you see. You might be like, oh fucking hell, there's this jacket that I've never been able to get hold of, but I'd love to own that. I've had every jacket I've always wanted. I don't. I don't. Listen, this is. It's not a. It's not a good question. Let's <laughs> The way on. I've asked it has been tragic. No, it's not. I mean, I just. I, when I think I would do it digitally, I'd, basically you I'd can wear one even, outfit the rest you know of your life. Probably, I don't even want to show myself digitally. <laughs> I'm not even going to do it. So I, I'll just be a little like square with nothing in it. Offline, you can wear one outfit the rest of your life. What would it look like? I'm wearing it. <laughs> Alston answered. <laughs> Talk us through it. This is an audio podcast. I, mean, I like wearing shorts. How's that? You do like wearing shorts, I actually. You're, you're, shorts. you're a famous uh, short wearer. I, I wear sh- I'd wear shorts all year round if I could. I'm with you on that one. You know, yeah. Change jobs, become like a uh, uh, park attendant or yeah, something or like tech, that. Like all the tech guys on jobs, all, all the like sparks, they always wear shorts, all the gaffers and that. Have you got but tattoos? I've got one tattoo. Is it on your legs? So I'm, so I've got a big fuck off one here. Oh. I got it in rehab. I was trying to impress a goth girl. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it works. <laughs> <laughs> what does it say? The I'm cure. Not, I'm not going it's into it's it. Space. Boys got, don't cry. It's got it's got a line from Midsummer Night's Dream on it. Go on. Oh. And uh, and then a, a line from the Egyptian Book of the Dead. Saying. I'm not fucking. Go on and see it. Like a Get your kids off. Yeah, I'll show it you. You can't see it on the podcast, can you? You can't. Right, don't describe it, you dickhead. Oh wow, bloody yeah. So, so I got it done in rehab because um, she was quite fit and uh, and it worked. So, yeah. Yeah. Jobs are good in. Job done. God, so, I was not so expecting that. The lesson there is permanently scar yourself for a woman. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the reason why we all get dressed in the morning, isn't it, really? There you go. Not wrong. No. Anyway, thank you very much for joining us is on this it? podcast. Look. This is it for the main segment. We obviously have the next segment, oh which we're going to be... It's going to be the... The quick fire round. The quick fire round and the audience questions. Okay. So thank you very much for listening to the main pod. Cheers for coming on, Glenn. You've been a pleasure. I'm nervous about this bit. You should be nervous about it. <laughs> We'll see you in the bonus content. Toodles. Toodles, fucking hell. (laughs)